helping to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. This is the Constitution Study on the America Out Loud Network with your host, Paul Engel. So many of us see the evil all around us. The criminal activities of our federal and state governments. Groups promoting racism and perversity to our children. Corrupted elections, censorship in the media, and a two-tiered justice system that protects the criminals while punishing those who stand up against them. What do we do? What can we do? Do we stand up against the evil or hide in our hole hoping it passes us by? Although I haven't been able to confirm it, this quote has been attributed to Friedrich Bonhoeffer, and it should be a wake-up call for all of us. Silence in the face of evil is itself evil. God would not hold us guiltless. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. Hello there, Everyday Americans. Paul Engel here with the Constitution Study, where we read and study the Constitution. We teach the rising generation to be free. I'm so glad you're here today. You know, just this morning, I heard that quote again. I'd heard it before, but every so often something pops and you know, you, you hear it and it just brings it around afresh. And I realized silence in the face of evil is itself evil. And that's what I want to focus on today. I want to focus on this, this idea that if we are silent when we see evil, we participate in the evil. It is its own evil. Does it make us complicit? Does it make us accessories after the fact of the evil? Is silence not speaking? In other words, if you do not speak, you say quite a lot. If we do not act, we act quite a bit. And in times like this, as uh, Thomas Paine put it, the times that try men's souls, silence in the face of evil is evil. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. Which reminds me of another quote. Again, I, I don't have proof of this quote, but it sounds right, and I've seen people refer to it. Again, from, from Mr. Uh, Bonhoeffer, he says, The ultimate test of a moral society is the kind of world that it leaves to its children. Have you considered that? If our silence in the face of evil allows evil to flourish, aren't we complicit? If our refusal to act in the face of evil, is, is that not a, um, an assistance to evil? So people ask me sometimes, why do I do what I do? And there are a couple of reasons, I will admit it. I do what I do because I enjoy doing it. I enjoy the writing. I enjoy the speaking. I enjoy learning and teaching. I enjoy this. But there's a more fundamental reason that got me to this point. See, I wouldn't realize how much I enjoyed the writing and the teaching if I hadn't started studying the Constitution. I would never have fallen in love with it. And the reason I studied, I, once I read the Constitution, I started studying it, is very simple. It's my daughter. 
My daughter is inheriting the world my wife and I are leaving to her, just as my wife and I inherited the world our parents left to us. And I must tell you, the world I leave to my daughter is nowhere near as good as the world that my parents left to me. Nowhere near as free. Nowhere near as moral. No more, no, nowhere near as worthy of being called the land of the free. And that, of course, leads me, if I want to leave, I, I don't need to fix the world. I don't need to fix Washington. I don't need to fix the United States. All I really need to do is to make the world as good as I can, as just as I can, for my daughter while I'm still here. That means doing the right thing. Not just doing something, but really doing the right thing. See, Bonhoeffer went on, he said, if you board the wrong train, it is no use running along the corridor in the other direction. We must make it clear, fearful as it is, that the time is very near when we shall have to decide between national socialism, socialism and Christianity. Today, I say the time is quite clear when we will have to choose between Marxism and liberty. Bonhoeffer went on to say, It may be fearfully hard and difficult for us all, but we must get right to the root of things, with open Christian speaking and no diplomacy. And in prayer, together, we will find the way. I agree. We must say the hard things. It may be difficult. It may bring fear. You may make you quake in your boots. But we have to get to the root. And the root is not the, the, uh, the, the transgender movement. The, the root is not the criminal enterprises in government. The root is not the two-tiered justice system. They are the branches. They are the symptoms that is the, of the disease that is centralized control. Whatever label you put on it, Marxism, Leninism, Stalinism, Socialism, Maoism, it's the idea that a few have the, not only the, the wisdom but the moral authority to tell the others how they should live. That disease is latent in all of us. We all love the idea of telling somebody how they should do things. But if we don't have the hard discussions about how evil it is to force others to comply with your definition of the pursuit of happiness. See, if we make if others follow our idea of the pursuit of happiness, we've denied them their ability to follow what they believe is the path that is the pursuit of their own happiness. You see, if you remember the preamble to the Constitution, this country, the, the Constitution was created to do more than make a more perfect union was to establish justice. Justice means the same treatment for everyone. There has to be a just outcome, which has brought up some pretty interesting questions lately. For example, um, you know, Donald Trump was pretty much 
he was impeached for expressing an idea. See, he, on January 6th, they had the, the, the riot. You had the uh, demonstration. Part of it turned into a riot. And simply because he spoke there, he was accused of uh, insurrection. He was impeached without any really evidence gathering. And now he's still on trial for said uh, uh, for <laughs> said in, uh, insurrection that never really was an insurrection. He was impeached for uh, a collusion that turned out to be based on a hoax, uh, a document created by the Democratic National Committee, by the Hillary Clinton campaign as uh, opposition research. Yet here we have Joe Biden. Um, he's been caught uh, illegally holding classified information, information he never could have, have declassified because he never had the, the, the office to do so. He hasn't been impeached. You have him admitting in uh, on video that he got a, a prosecutor in Ukraine fired using, by the way, your dollars to do so. By the way, this is the same prosecutor that was investigating the company his son had a, a really sweet deal at. We have growing evidence that, uh, yes, contrary to what he's told the public, Joe Biden was involved in, at least it looks like, was involved in some of um, Hunter Biden's um, business dealings overseas. He's not been impeached. I even go a step farther and say, the uh, with all the debacle on the border, the southern border, the House didn't impeach. Biden, they impeached Secretary Mayorkas. Now, I'm not saying Secretary Mayorkas um, hasn't done some th things that would rise to the level of high crimes and misdemeanors. But let's face it, all executive power of the United States is vested not in the, 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 the cabinet, but in the presidency. It's the president that has those. It's the president that establishes the policies that the cabinet officials enforce. We see all this evil, and what are we supposed to do? How many of you heard people complain about the House pursuing impeachment of Mayorkas because, well, the Senate will never convict him? Okay, it's true. I would be shocked if the Senate actually convicted somebody. It, we've become such a partisan nation, especially in the halls of, 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 of Capitol Hill and of Washington, D.C. But again, if you remain silent in the face of evil, that itself is evil. If you refuse to act because you're not sure you're going to get the outcome you want, that is an action, and it leads towards evil. We have a, uh, an FBI, a Department of Justice, that not only knowingly pursued an investigation without cause against first a candidate and then sitting president of the United States. We have a, 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 a Department of Justice that has it re repeatedly interfered with multiple presidential elections. And we're supposed to not say anything because it's not considered politically correct. And now we have apparently the Biden administration making plans 
to release thousands of illegal aliens because he couldn't get his border bill passed, which actually was less, was not so much a border bill, but a fund the Ukraine war bill with a little bit of money in for Israel. And we're supposed to remain silent about this? We're supposed to spend billions of dollars in Ukraine to help them defend their border while we refuse to defend our own? On the southwest border, there were over 30,000 Chinese nationals have been encountered since October 1st. 30,000 since October 1st. This is greater than any number we've seen before. According to uh, Customs and Border Patrol, between October of 2020 and January of 2021, the number of Chinese nationals that were detained was 55. Not 55,000, not 5,500, 55. This year it's 30,000. And the Biden administration is willing to kill a bill to help deal with that because it didn't include money to protect the border in Ukraine. Whether you agree with our Ukraine policy or not, I guess even if you agree with our southern border policy or not, I have a question. How evil is it to allow millions of people to break the law to enter this country, then to offer them services, including cash, to have cities that say, we're not going to help the veterans because we have we have to help these illegal aliens. We're not going to help the citizen because we're helping the illegal alien. How many people are silent because they're afraid of being called racist? How many people did not say a word when Obama put in place uh, illegal policies because they were afraid of being called racist? How many people should it come to pass that if Kamala Harris ends up being the nominee for the Democratic Party for president, would refuse to say something, would refuse to point out her debacle at the border because she's not only black, she's a woman. Ladies and gentlemen, silence in the face of evil is evil. It makes you an accessory after the fact. Is that really where you want to be? Is that really what you want to live to your, leave for your children? That's a question we all have to ask. Now, I understand we're not all going to be as passionate about the same things. My question isn't so much what it is you're passionate about. The question is, will you speak? Or are you waiting for someone else to come save you? Are you waiting for someone else to come and, and save the day? Are you waiting maybe for the right president? Maybe you're waiting for the, the right uh, uh, political party in Congress. Maybe you're waiting for, I don't know, Superman to show up and fix the problem. 
if you're unwilling to stand up and say something, if you're unwilling to point out evil, you become complicit with evil. Ladies and gentlemen, the United States is in such a bad in such bad shape as we are, in large part because we watched while evil happened and we said nothing. The majority of people said nothing. While we watched as racist ideas were reintroduced to our society, to our governments, to our laws, we said nothing. While our southern border was left leaky and undealt with, most people said nothing. When we hired representatives to exercise our power and our name that were complicit in this evil, we said nothing. In many ways, we are reaping the whirlwind of our own complacency. We are living in the evil we help bring about by our unwillingness to challenge, to question, to stand up. And now we suffer the consequences. Now listen, I have more to get to, but I have to take a break. Now, I don't know about you, but I get to the end of the day sometimes and phew, my mind is gone. I have a hard time concentrating. That's when I reach for focused recall from Healthy Cell. It helps me boost my short-term, my short-term focus and my long-term memory with nothing but vitamins. Now, as an America Out Loud listener, you get 25% off your first order. Find all the details at americaoutloud.shop. Please go to Healthy Cell's website, check out all their products, all the details. You get 25% off your first order. Make sure you check out how at americaoutloud.shop. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus and strengthen recall. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order, risk-free. Love it or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD loud. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Today's high stress on the go lifestyle makes it hard to stay heart healthy. Lifestyle changes like exercise and diet are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support three aspects of heart health, cholesterol, blood pressure, and triglycerides with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients. You would need to take 13 pills to get the same amount of nutrients in each gel pack. And these great-tasting gels come in a small packet. Tear off the top, shoot it down, or mix it in water. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 25% off. The buildup of spike proteins is dangerous to your health. Global Healing's Foreign Protein Cleanse detoxes your body, removing the spike proteins, allowing your body to repair from within. 
formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, Foreign Protein Cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Welcome back, Everyday Americans. You've rejoined the Constitution Study today. Well, we point out that silence in the face of evil is itself evil. And I understand, you know, we don't naturally, I guess we don't want to get involved. We'd assume we'd love it for someone else to fix this problem for us, but I think we're well past that. I think we're in the mess we are because we spent so much time being silent in the face of all sorts of evil. And again, it goes it goes back to the beginning of the country, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, think about this. You had, uh, was it John Adams and the Alien Sedition Act? And you only had two of the then 13 states that actually said anything. The rest of them weren't, couldn't be, didn't, weren't bothered. It's no, you can arrest somebody for saying something bad about the, uh, bad about the president. Forget about the Constitution. Forget about the First Amendment. You can do it. They said nothing. Now, you know, we studied the Constitution here, and it's not a perfect document. It's done a, a, a pretty good job. But the problem is people keep acting like the Constitution is going to jump up out of its case and start dope-slapping people if it does the wrong thing. No, it's ink on parchment. It is the rules. It is, it is the meaning of the words on the page. But just as knowledge is not power until it's put into action, knowing what the Constitution says means nothing unless you actually do something with it. And sadly, too, more often than not, it seems people are willing to sit back and not say anything, either because they're afraid of retaliation or in many cases they just don't know. Here's an interesting one. So... Uh, uh, a couple of people walked into the uh, National Archives the other day, and they dumped a red powder on the display of the Constitution. Now, the Constitution, the actual signed original document, is on display. In, I think it's the rotunda of the National Archives. Um, you can go down and look at it, which I think is really important, right? Because, well, if you can actually still read cursive, you can read the original version. What do I say? Original documents. Now, these two people, I, I guess they don't like the Constitution. And I, I didn't catch the whole thing. There's a video of it, but the, the audio is pretty bad. It's, um, I guess they don't like the fact that they personally did not have a say in the Constitution. Okay. I can, I can understand some of that logic, right? The question is, are the is the Constitution itself, what's wrong with it? Or is it just the narcissism that we did not put our names on this document, therefore we don't feel bound by it? That's pretty much what they said. So again, what is wrong with the Constitution? And if there is something wrong, I think there's a couple things wrong. I think the 16th and 17th Amendments were... 
abomination to freedom and liberty and should be repealed. I think the federal government should be limited in how it gains access to money that, uh, yeah, you know, um, excises and duties from foreign commerce. I have no problem with that. But if you're coming after the money of the American people, there should be a breakwater. That used to be the states before the 16th Amendment. In the 17th Amendment, the states used to have a say in federal legislation because the senators were chosen not by the people, but by the, um, by the legislature of the state. And then the seven, you know, with the 17th, they said, nah, we're not going to do that anymore. Thereby, you know, further degrading the power of the states to hold the federal government in check. I do think there are things wrong. doesn't mean I'm going to show up and try to deface the Constitution. Now, the Constitution wasn't damaged. It is in a hermetically sealed display. It's the glass that you look through. It's, it's sealed. No air gets in and out. It's, it's that way, actually, to protect the document, not from, uh, from vandals, but just from air. It's faded so much over time that uh, this is an attempt to preserve the original language. Now, listen, I think these two gentlemen were foolish. Uh, they didn't do any damage. I think other than maybe they should have been made to clean up their own mess, I don't see, you know, I'm not saying they should be um, charged with some you know, sedition or, or something like that. But I have to ask, is that how you say stand up for when you think something is is evil? Again, is the Constitution evil? I don't think it's perfect, but I think it's one of the greatest documents that that have been written by man from the standpoint of of creating a government. But that's my opinion, and it's an opinion I stand up by because. Well, I come here every, you know, five days a week, and I'm talking to you about the Constitution. And I'm writing an article and recording videos every week, and I teach, and I do all this. The sad part is, I'm, I'm, there aren't that many of us. I was thinking about putting on a class. I'm still working on it, though. I'm thinking about putting on a class. Uh, a class to educate people about how we actually elect a president of the United States, because... Well, if you go based on what you learned in school, it's almost assuredly wrong. In fact, they even point out states nowadays are lying to their citizens about how we elect a president in the United States. Yeah, I expect the media to lie, and I expect the politicians. The state themselves, in many, many of our states, are lying about how we do this. Now, I can sit there and be silent. I can say, well, you know, it's not my job. But I'm not. I'm saying something. I'm working. I'm expecting time and energy and 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 money to try and make this happen. Now, I live in Middle Tennessee. So if you're like, well, Paul, we're not in Middle Tennessee. How are we supposed to listen? I do plan on doing an online version of this. Everything's still in the planning. I, I haven't committed to anything, but that's kind of the, the plan I'm working for. Because I want people to not only be willing to stand up, but I want them to be able to build build an argument. I want them to be able to not simply be convincing, but be based on, on sound evidence, sound facts, 
a sense of reality. Because I think way too few of us actually stand up for anything. What's the old saying? If you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. I'm not saying there aren't people out there that are standing up. I just think there's, A, way too few of us. And frequently, those that I do, when I look at their arguments, they're weaker than I would like. And I want to help. That's why we created, that's why I created the Constitution Study Patriots, to help. Now, again, I do say there are people who, who are standing up. For example, um, Governor Newsom has been sued. That really shouldn't be a surprise, should it? See, there are teachers in California suing both Governor Newsom and California Attorney General, General Rob Bonta, claiming that um, policies that these two gentlemen have put in place force them to lie to parents. See, the governor signed several laws recently, back in September, that expanded California's protections for LGBT individuals. Okay, let me stand up and say something. First of all, I think we should all be treated equally. I don't think you should get special treatment because you identify with some diversity checklist. Right? I don't think LGBT people should be harassed, but neither should they be allowed to harass others. Uh, that's, there's my stand. That's where I stand on it. However, this law requires families to demonstrate a willingness to meet the needs of their child in foster care, regardless of the child's sexual orientation or gender identity. See, here's the problem I have. Now you have the state meddling with the uh, parental, or in some cases, foster parent relationship. The question is, is it for a good reason? Now again, if a child is being abused, I understand getting, getting in the middle of it. Uh, if a child is being mistreated, I understand getting in the middle of it. If a child disagrees with the parent, their parental authority, what makes the child right? I've said this before. When I moved from New York City, upstate, uh, I, I, met a I had a best friend. I met him li literally as the first day of school. We were in homeroom together. He was in foster care because of issues in his family. The details of that don't matter. And I watched him with different foster families, and none of them abused him that I was aware of, but there were different qualities. And the question is, does a disagreement rise to the state has to step in? Put another way, in the case of foster care, um, how far should the state go in a political agenda, which a lot of this is, is, is part of it. Of course, the law also requires that elementary schools and others have gender-neutral bathrooms for students. And again, this is, this is California, so, you know, to a certain extent, I, 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 you know, be my guest. But here's the problem. See, the policies require teachers, according to the lawsuit, to assist a student's social transition. How? Well, by accepting a child's assertion that they are gender diverse during school hours. 
In other words, we can't tell them the truth. We have to let the student decide what the truth is. Allegedly, also, the policy requires uh, teachers to use the biological program of pronouns and legal names when speaking with parents. In other words, they have th this policy, if the lawsuit is correct, requires parents to lie, I'm sorry, requires teachers to lie to the parents about a, a mental issue that the student has. Again, transgenderism is a mental issue. It's not a physical issue. It's a problem between the ears, not between the legs. So if you have a child that has said condition, shouldn't the parents know about it? Is it the job of the school to socially uh, transition children with or without the parents' beliefs, uh, approval, without even notifying the parents? My question is, okay, let's say let, let's 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 put on a, a California mindset and say, you know what, the idea of the of the bathrooms, we're okay with that. The idea with requiring foster parents to uh, accept any um, uh, uh, any sexual orientation. Um, of course, I wonder how many uh, uh, say uh, gay or transgender parents, uh, fo potential foster parents. Um, would be looked at funny for saying we don't we won't support uh, a child's heterosexual lifestyle. How far do you go? Do you really believe it's the school's job to transition the student? Do you really believe that this needs to be kept from parents? Information about the health and welfare of their child. See, this is another example of the state believing the child belongs to the state, not to the parents. That the child is ultimately the state's responsibility, and the state decides how a child should be brought up, not the parents. How many people in California are going to stand up and say, whoa, 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 time. That's evil. That's literally stealing the children from the parents. That's the state grooming children to be what the state wants. Have they ever thought that maybe the people don't want what the state wants? Now, okay, these teachers are standing up. They've, they've done something. They've filed a federal lawsuit. How many people are standing with them? And how many people are sitting back silently waiting to see what happens? See, it's not the, person, the first per people that stand up that makes a difference. It's when people come and support them that change happens. But if all you're going to do is stand by and wait and see what happens, well, that silence in the face of evil is evil. That lack of action is an action. And we are suffering the consequences <laughs> of our lack of vision. To quote Star Wars. So we all have a choice. Do we keep doing the same thing we've been doing? Remaining silent, under the radar, don't, don't rock the boat. While we continue to slide into this morass of, of evil and despotism? Or do we start standing up? You'd be surprised how few people it takes standing up to make a difference. 
Uh, I don't remember the paper, but I remember reading a, uh, an excerpt of it where it found that an active 3% was, was, was all it took for a political movement of freedom and liberty to grab hold. Three. But more important than that, it really only takes one. It takes one person to decide, no, no, I'm not going to remain silent. My children's future is worth it. My own, my own self-esteem, my own belief in, in, in the concept of right and wrong is worth standing up and doing something. Now, if you're looking for something to stand up for, well, might I recommend you check out AmericaOutloud.news every day? See what's going on? Find out what the latest news and happenings are? Find something that's important to you. Find an article, a video, a podcast, a story, something that you find important, and don't remain silent. Stand up. Spread the word. Share those links. Share that information. And help us all secure the blessings of liberty. Voices, one freedom, united in the First Amendment. Our goal is to herald the voice of genuine liberty at AmericaOutloud.news. A place where you'll find the naked truth expressed with a patriotic heart. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio, liberty and justice for all. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer, this stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be with a company that shares your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Welcome back, Everyday Americans. You've rejoined the Constitution Study. Today we're talking about silence in the face of evil. And yet, it is sometimes easier in the short run 
to say nothing, to be, to remain silent. After all, there are costs for speaking up. Some of them may be, um, well, a lot more than we expected. For example, the uh, I think it's the Second Circuit Court of Appeals is, uh, has has recently heard a case involving the First Amendment, and um, well, it, it's actually a uh, a, a case uh, that involves Rumble locals to free speech platforms, or they claim to be free speech platforms, and um, a law out of the state of New York. You see, the lawsuit was filed uh, uh, against the Social Media Network's Hateful Conduct Prohibited Act. It was kind of an odd name, but then again, we're dealing with the, uh, uh, the state of New York. And one of the things the law is supposed to do is to force different internet platforms to publish a policy specifying how they will respond to posts that are deemed to vilify, humiliate, or incite violence based on a protected class, such as religion, gender, or race. It also requires platforms to create a, uh, a process by which visitors can complain about hateful conduct, to which the platform will respond directly. And if they refuse to comply, well, the Attorney General's offices uh, can subpoena them and fine them up to $1,000 per violation. Uh, this law was passed. I think went into. I think it took effect uh, back in December of 22. Now, part of the problem, at least as I see it, is the terms "vilify," "humiliate," and "incite violence." Well, they can be rather subjective. All right, well, what does it mean to to vilify? If I were to point out uh, some unpleasant details about the history of, say, a certain religious organization, is that vilifying them? Is that humiliating them? Is that inciting people to be to react to them violently? What if I point out that uh, transgenderism, as I do frequently, is a mental disorder, not a physical one? Is that meant to humiliate them? To vilify them? And does it really matter if it's the the intent of the producer or simply the um the constitution of the listener see i may say something that is categorically correct but the person who listens to it says no you're just doing that because it's hateful perfect example uh how many people complained about barack obama's uh, policies and were said no 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 you just vilify him because he's black how often do you hear somebody say, no, 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 you know, th that criticism is not fair. You're just doing it because I'm, a, I'm, I'm female or I'm a homosexual or transgender. Pick whatever it is. See, these are very, they, 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 you would think they sound like serious claims, but they really are subjective because one man's humiliation is another man's humor. I mean, let's face it. How many jokes are based on pointing out the foibles of others and the, the, the stereotypical process, you know, things about others. How about a, a, a political debate or an online commentary? Now, the uh, Foundation for Individual Rights and in Education, 
Uh, I believe they're actually uh, um, working on this case. And they claim it's a violation of the First Amendment to the Constitution of the United States. Except it's not. And I know a lot of people would like me to keep silent about this because they believe in freedom of speech, and so do I. But I remind people that the First Amendment starts out with the five words, Congress shall make no law. Congress didn't make this law. The New York legislature made this law. And the New York legislature is bound not only to the Constitution of the United States, but the Constitution of the State of New York, which Article 1, Section 8 reads, Every citizen may freely speak, write, and publish his or her sentiments on all subjects, being responsible for the abuse of that right. Well, if I'm saying something that somebody doesn't like, is that abuse? Well, I think maybe in this world, maybe it is. See, we call them, you call them snowflakes, call them whatever you want, but there are people who believe they have a right to never encounter something they don't want to hear. So when you say that, uh, uh, you, you say something about, oh, I don't know, um, I disagree with, uh, or I, I don't like the policies, uh, or I don't like uh, Kamala Harris is in, in, you know, the czar of the border, but has never been there. That's not vilifying her. It's pointing out a fact. But it could easily be treated by some as uh, a vilifying her. But that's not an abuse of my right. An abuse would be to be to lying about her. If I said that, uh, uh, you know, I had categorical evidence that um, uh, Ms. Harris, uh, I don't know, committed a crime as a teenager, as a 20 as something, or committed a crime in, I think, law school or something, without proof, that would be an abuse of my right to freely speak, write, and publish. By the way, I'm not making such an allegation. But that's a far cry from saying something that somebody finds vilifying. So we have Rumble and locals have stood up. They're, they're, they're going to do this. Um, FIRE, right? Foundation for Individual Rights and, and Expression. They are standing up. Um, are we going to remain silent? Are we going to sit back and just kind of wait and see how the court case goes? Or are we going to stand up and do something? Now, another person who's going to do something is uh, John F. Kennedy Jr., now, as a sidebar, I like some of the things that, that RFK Jr. says. Other things I think are foolish. But, you know, he stood up. Um, you see, he claims that uh, the Biden administration has been orchestrating a campaign to pressure social media platforms to censor his criticism of the so-called COVID vaccine. I say so-called because... The shots don't meet the legal definition of a vaccine. So, uh, uh, again, Robert Kennedy sued, and um, a recent district court uh, judge, uh, Terry Doherty, from the uh, Western District of Louisiana, uh, I guess he's issued an injunction. See, he said that, that in his opinion, um, Mr. Kennedy Jr., has demonstrated a strong likelihood of success in proving his, that the government infringed on his free speech rights, and the injunction prevents several defendants, including the White House, the CDC, and the FBI, from taking any actions to coerce medical companies 
to remove or suppress content containing protected free speech. Now, this is to me this is interesting, right? Because remember, um, was it uh, Missouri and Louisiana have been having a similar lawsuit, and they've had uh, well less success so far. But here you have, oh, yeah, but that that's a Kennedy. Yeah, what about everybody else? Kennedy is standing up, and I'm sure there's a tremendous cost financially, socially, emotionally, for bringing this case, but um, he stood up. And it's one of the things I'm happy for him. I, I'm, I, I, I agree with him. I'm glad to see him stand up. My question is, is he standing alone? Well, not really, all right? You've got the Attorney General of both Missouri and Louisiana that are standing up as well. They're kind of in, in both doing the same thing. But it's, are we the people standing up? Are we saying something? And, and yeah, I'm, I know I'm kind of mixing my metaphors a little bit, but if silence in the face of evil is evil, then... What are we saying? What are we standing up for when we see this evil if we do nothing? Let me put it in a dramatic fashion. In the late 1930s, early 1940s, there were several peoples and groups that saw the evil on the wall that was coming and did nothing. There were towns that knew of the the concentration of death camps just down the road, and they did nothing. Famously, uh, the who Bonhoeffer was talking about, was talking to, were churches that saw the evils that Nazism were bringing, and they did nothing. They were silent in the face of evil. That's why I believe he said that uh, God would uh, would not hold them guiltless. Because they saw the evil and said nothing. They did nothing. All it takes for evil to flourish is for good men to do nothing. Whether it's keeping your mouth shut or being unwilling to act, that's all it takes. You see, in a few months, we're going to make a decision. We're going to make several decisions. We're going to decide who's going to represent us in our state and local governments. We're going to decide who's going to represent us in the House of Representatives for the U.S. Most of us will decide about a senator, someone who's going to, supposed to represent the state. And we're going to choose electors that will vote one way or the other for a presidential candidate. Like the candidate, hate the candidate, that's not my point. The question is, when you see evil and you say, doesn't matter, my vote doesn't matter, then you're being silent in the face of evil. Even if you believe that your vote doesn't matter, you should stand up and do something so that your vote, help your vote to matter. I was having this conversation in, in a YouTube comment and I said, all the more you're know, talking about the uh, votes being stolen. All the more reason to be involved with your, with your local your, your county election commission to keep an eye on those who are counting the ballots. 
on the process to make sure it's there. Simply doing nothing to not act is to act to allow it to keep happening. There are plenty of us, by the way, who are keyboard warriors, right? You're, you're all bent out of shape on Facebook and Twitter. But will you speak to your neighbor? Will you speak to a friend? I was having this conversation with a, uh, a candidate, uh, I should say someone who held political office, and I pointed out, I said, listen, if you violate your oath of office, it is my duty to let as many people know as possible. Not that I don't like him, or in this case, was it him, because of the political party or because of a stance on a specific bill. No, you took an oath to support the Constitution. If you violate that oath, that makes you, in this case, evil. There's an evil to making a solemn promise and not keeping it. And if we remain silent about it, as so many of us do, we talk about how can you tell when a politician is lying? Their lips are moving. Then why do we keep hiring them? Why do we hire such people? Why do we elect such people to represent us if we know they're lying to us? Is it because we will be silent in the face of evil? Is it because we don't wish to speak too loudly because we don't want to be heard? Could it be that we just won't act? This concept that silence in the face of evil is evil itself, that reminder today really caught my attention. Not because I think the vast majority of the American people don't recognize the evil. I think way too many of them have been cowed into remaining silent by our education system, by our justice system, by our political system. We've been indoctrinated with the idea of sit down, shut up, Raise your hand if you have to go to the bathroom. Whatever you do, don't speak out. And that has allowed these evils to flourish. Now, I know that's bad news, but there is good news in that. Again, I don't need to change the world. I don't need to change Washington, D.C. I don't even need to change the state of Tennessee. But if I open my mouth, if I speak, if I act, to make sure my household is not evil. The town I live in is not evil. The county I live in is not evil. Well, then I've done something to oppose the evil. I've done something to make my, my family's experience, my local, my neighbor's experience more moral as I leave this society to my, to my daughter. See, sometimes we don't say anything because we look at the forest and think we have to chop all the trees down at once. All you got to worry about is that tree right in front of you. Picture some movie where, you know, someone, some, some character is hacking their way through the jungle. They're not worried about the trees on the other side. They're only worried about what's right in front of them. I encourage you to speak whether you think you're going to win or not. To act whether you, you know you're going to be successful or not. Because if we remain silent in the face of the evil that we've seen in the last several years, that evil will grow. 
and it will consume us and our families and the future of the United States and of all the citizens and residents of this great, of this great country. Now listen, I hope you're going to come back and join us here every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time for the Constitution Study on America Out Loud, heard on the iHeartRadio Network. All the episodes go to podcasts, so if you can't listen at 4, you can catch them later on podcasts. It's usually about a day or two after the episode's heard on talk radio. Listen in your favorite podcast app, but do me a favor, subscribe to the show. Uh, leave, leave the episode's ratings and reviews. It helps other people find the Constitution Study in America Out Loud as well. You can find all the links you need right there on the homepage at americaoutloud.news. But as I keep reminding you, you know, we talk about silence of, in the face of evil is evil. Well, I also tell you that knowledge is not power without action. You've got some knowledge. You've got some information now. Please do something with it. Please take the links and this information and share them. By doing so, you help to share the blessings of liberty. <laughs>